0: From The Daily Northwestern, I'm Alex Chun.
1: And I'm Susanna Kemp. This is The Weekly, a podcast that breaks down our top headlines each week.
0: First up, some students who tested positive for COVID-19 weren't contacted immediately by the university with instructions to quarantine. One student The Daily talked to wasn't given instructions to quarantine until over a week after they had received their positive results.
1: Next, Northwestern climate scientists reject the idea that during COVID-19, climate change has slowed.
0: And finally, Evanston's search for a new city manager continues. What do residents say they want in their next city manager?
1: Stay with us to hear directly from the reporters and editors who covered these
0: stories. Students permitted to live on campus and upperclassmen and graduate students planning to access campus must get tested weekly for COVID-19 through the university. The COVID-19 case counter, monitored by the university, reported 14 new confirmed cases between September 18th and September 24th. The week before, there were 24 new confirmed cases of COVID-19.
1: But one graduate student who tested positive wasn't instructed to quarantine right away after receiving their results. They took a COVID-19 test on September 11th and were notified that they had tested positive two days later. However, they didn't receive an email from the university with guidelines and instructions regarding self-isolation for
0: another week. Here to tell us more about this is campus editor Isabel Saroff. Isabel, you had chatted with a few students about their experiences with NU's COVID case management team. You followed the story of one student who wasn't notified by the university to isolate until eight days after they received their positive results. Can you walk us through the timeline?
2: how unused contact tracing works is that you should self-isolate i believe it's 10 days after your initial test because that accommodates for like a few days beforehand that you probably were already positive but didn't know and then 10 days after. So it's like kind of a 14-day total. The student got tested on the 11th, so their self-isolation should have ended on the 21st. On the 21st, at the end of the student's 10-day isolation, that's the day they received a message from NU's COVID case management team telling him to start isolation. So there was just either some backlog or I don't know what kind of miscommunication, but the university was obviously very late on informing the student that they should even go into self-isolation
0: and were the graduate student's friends told to isolate by NU's contact tracing team after the student had tested positive.
2: The grad student took initiative and contacted their friends when they found out they were positive because NU hadn't told the friends, and so they thought they would, you know, inform the friends, obviously. And I think one main takeaway that they were talking about was that if it weren't for their initiative to tell the friends, those friends could have fully been wandering around campus, been infecting others, and could have caused like a massive super spread.
0: Isabel, thanks so much for chatting with us.
1: Also this week, reporter Katie Johns touched base with some researchers from Northwestern's climate change research group.
0: The team's research was featured this summer in an article published by British journal Nature called The COVID-19 Lockdowns, A Window into the Earth System. It's about the impact of the pandemic on climate change.
1: The article debunks the idea that climate change has slowed down because of the pandemic. So Katie, why is there this false perception that COVID-19 has halted climate change?
3: Since July, half the world's population has been under some version of a stay-at-home order. So, you know, with a lot of people off the road, we're seeing these observable differences. Less traffic and cleaner waterways and even, like, the return of animals to more populated areas. So it can be easy to mistake some of these observable changes due to, like, less human mobility for something more than a short-term side effect of the world's response to COVID. So how are Northwestern researchers interpreting those short-term changes? Yeah, so I spoke with Northwestern's climate change research group, And they're a group that basically uses numerical models to create a virtual simulation of Earth's atmosphere and Earth's system. And so what they're finding and what a lot of other scientists are finding is that even though we are seeing a short-term decrease in daily emissions during these stay-at-home orders, the overall concentration of CO2 in our atmosphere is still set to rise by the end of this year. The leader of the climate change research group, Daniel Horton, described it as an overflowing sink, where the water coming out of the faucet is the emissions and the overflowing sink is the earth's atmosphere and so even if you turn down the faucet a little bit so that there's less water coming out of it no matter what you're still going to have an overflowing sink
1: i love that comparison the group also looked at the relationship between climate and socioeconomics can you expand on that
3: with covid19 the socioeconomic divide has been amplified with a lot of people losing their jobs and access to those essential resources the pandemic is causing a deepening of global poverty, and that deepening is likely to reduce available resources that would go towards climate mitigation. Thanks
1: for coming on, Katie.
0: And we'll wrap up with Evanston City Council City Manager Search. Wally Bobkowitz, who held the position for 10 years, took on a position in Washington State in August 2019. Since then, Erica Storley has served as interim city manager.
1: Evanston contracted executive search firm GovHR USA in January to facilitate the process, and now city council is reviewing applicants. City editor Jacob Fulton
4: covered this story. So Jacob, what will the search process look
1: like going forward?
4: On Friday, September 18th, GovHR brought City Council a list of all the candidates, and they're going to hold a bunch of interviews in the coming weeks before bringing candidates to a community forum. And then after the community forum, City Council will pick a finalist and they'll negotiate, and they're scheduled to announce the next city manager in a special meeting on October 19th.
0: Have residents played a part in the search?
4: In terms of community involvement in this election process, there have previously been two different sessions where community members could come and talk with city officials and GovHR representatives and sort of explain what they're looking for in a city manager candidate. Evanston is currently a part of the national discussion about defunding the police, and there's been some resident push for a city manager who is Definitely taking racial injustices and equity into account in their work. That's been one of the big priorities for a lot of residents who have come to meetings and things along those lines.
1: And one big piece of that is Evanston's new reparations fund, which established a cannabis sales tax whose revenue will go toward compensating the city's Black residents.
4: The next city manager would be responsible for putting that in place, right? So when the city implemented its reparations fund, it was a pretty big deal. It's the first of its kind across the nation. And the new city manager will be tasked with some of the implementation of that and just making sure it's going smoothly, things along those lines. A lot of residents want to see someone that will be able to be up for that task and will be able to do so equitably and do so successfully. The other issue that a lot of people are pushing for is transparency. There was a little bit of controversy back in the end of May, beginning of June, when city council proposed the idea of directly appointing Erica Storley, who's the current interim city manager, to the position without really reviewing any other applications. People didn't really like that.
0: Can you elaborate on that controversy?
4: A lot of the controversy was just really surrounding the fact that she would have been directly appointed to the position without any sort of selection or interview process. There's also been some pushback based on previous controversies with the city manager who left last year. His name was Wally Bobcowicz, and he had a couple different discrimination suits brought against him, and... Some residents are a little bit concerned that Erica Storley is just going to be very similar to Bob Quitz because she worked with him for a long period of time. But many proponents of Erica's work have said that her role steering the city amid a pandemic, even though she's really only in this interim position, has sort of shown that she'd be capable of taking on the job. And is she still in the running for the position? Erica Storley is, as of now, still in the running to possibly be the next city manager. She said back in June when the controversy arose about her being directly appointed to the position that she did want to see a full application and evaluation process to allow for other candidates. But she is going to apply for the position last we've heard.
1: Thanks so much, Jacob.
0: From the Daily Northwestern, I'm Alex Chan.
1: And I'm Susanna Kemp. We'll see you next week for another episode of The Weekly.
0: This episode was reported by Susanna Kemp, Isabel Saroff, Katie Johns, Jacob Fulton, and myself, Alex Chun. This episode was produced by both Susanna Kemp and myself. The audio editor of The Daily is me. The digital managers are Jacob O'Hara and Molly Lubers, And the editor-in-chief is Marissa Martinez.